unfortunately, you know, they said, you know, we're going to send you down. You're not ready yet. And I was, I still remember I was so mad walking out of that room. And just there's another thing I used it as motivation. I feel like I went down to Syracuse with the right mindset. You know, talking to BG, you know, he said, you're right there. Just stick with it and, you know, just be a leader still. So I just went down to, you know, Syracuse with the right mindset. And, you know, you're still playing with unbelievable players down there. And, uh, you know, I think I was only down for, you know, three games. And then once I got called up, I just went up with, you know, the mindset of, you know, get better every day, you know, feed off these guys and, you know, kind of just be a sponge and see what they do to be, you know, professionals and see how they succeed at such a high level and kind of just learn for them as the mindset they had. And, just tried to get better every day and you know like you said was fortunate enough to you know stick in the lineup because i you know found a you know, nice role there you know had good chemistry with you know maddie joseph who obviously i played with in syracuse the year before and then you know patty Marud was a great compliment to us as well so kind of just uh it worked out really well hi there welcome to the show i'm lucas Savali. this is episode five of Crunch Chronicles. So great to be with you once again as we hit October and keep on rolling. Episode 5 of Crunch Chronicles and we've got a great guest for you on the show here today. A pretty appropriate one as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. Training camp's underway and it's a guy who made a great impression in training camp last year in Tampa Bay and while he didn't make the roster out of training camp for the Lightning, he came to Syracuse, wasn't with the Crunch for very long last season and then earned his call up to the lightning and stayed there for the rest of the season and he scored one of the biggest goals of the year for the lightning and that was the stanley cup clinching goal against the montreal canadians of course we're talking about ross colton who spent uh, three seasons at least parts of three seasons with the syracuse crunch and made his uh, full-time debut with the Tampa Bay Lightning this past year. So we're very excited to have Ross on the show here today, uh, our fifth episode of Crunch Chronicles. And Ross is, was a great guy while he was in Syracuse, both as a person and obviously as a player. He was one of the guys who, in the course of my time in Syracuse, of course, as we approach the 2021-2022 season, I'm entering my fifth season with the team. I don't know if we've seen a guy make more developmental strides than Ross Colton, at least in my time here. He was, you know, he came in very raw as a rookie out of college a couple of years at Vermont, came in as a rookie for the Crunch in the 2018-19 season. That team was very good. There was a lot of very talented players, a great mix of youngsters. Ross is a group of, uh, among a group of uh, some young rookies coming in that season as well. So there was the blend of those rookies and some really talented players high-quality veterans as well, and that team was great. They won the North Division in 2018-2019, and was just a, it was a really strong team. But Ross was a guy who was kind of in and out of the lineup at times throughout the course of the year. He was finding his way as a pro. He was not a polished rookie coming in, for sure, and not many rookies are, not taking anything away from Ross. But he there was a lot of work that needed to be done with his game to really turn him into an NHL player. The following year in 2019, 2020, he really took the next step. He was a really solid contributor for the crunch, especially as the year went along. But as a second year player, relatively early in the season, he was given an A on his jersey as an assistant captain for the crunch and really took the next step in, in many different areas as a player and 
as a leader in the organization. So as a rookie, he had 31 points in 66 games. The next year, he had 42 points in 62 games before the season was shut down uh, due to the COVID pandemic. And he was really on a tear at the end of that year. I mean, the second half of the season, the line with him, Alex Barry Boulay, and Matthew Joseph was one of the best lines in the American Hockey League. He was a big part of that. And uh, you could just... You could see he was really progressing in the right direction as a guy who had a little bit more size. He wasn't, uh, you know, enormous, but he was a well-built kid who was really rounding into his own at that point at the end of his second pro season. And then fast forward to last year. His third year in pro hockey, he was, uh, you know, he came into Syracuse after not making the lightning after a very strong camp in Tampa Bay, came to Syracuse, only was here for three games during the uh, very strange COVID season. He had three points in three games. There was an injury up in Tampa Bay. He got the call up. He and Alex Barry Boulay getting called up at the same time. And Ross Colton scored in his debut, and he stayed in that lineup for the rest of the year. He played 30 games for the Lightning, had 12 points, nine goals, and three assists, really rounding out the lineup on that fourth line for Tampa Bay. And then he was a great contributor in the playoffs as well. You know, he was a guy who was in the lineup throughout the entire Stanley Cup playoffs for the Lightning, and as we said, he scored uh, uh, the only goal in the Stanley Cup clinching game, the shutout victory for the Lightning, and he gets the Stanley Cup clincher. He goes uh, in 23 playoff games for the Lightning last year, four goals, two assists, six points, and with some injuries, I mean, Alex Kalorn got hurt. He was moving up in the lineup by the end of the uh, the playoffs as well, and he gets the Stanley Cup clincher. He was a great player to have in Syracuse, and he is guest number five on Crunch Chronicles. It is episode five with Ross Colton. Yeah, uh, what's going on, Lucas? You know, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, right now, just back home at my, uh, you know, Jersey Shore uh, place with my brother, Rob. And, you know, like I said, uh, you know, before we, uh, you know, counted in was, uh, you know, just relaxing and, you know, trying to make the most of this uh, short summer down the Jersey Shore. So, you know, trying to get a little bit of sun and, you know, relax. But at the same time, you know, it was, uh, it was super short. So right back to training and right back on the ice. So not much downtime, but, you know, excited to get back down to Tampa and get to work. Yeah, it's uh, it's a short off season, But as we always say, that's that's what you're looking for. It means you've had a nice long playoff run and it culminated in a Stanley Cup. Uh, first, well, I obviously congrats on the cup. Uh, congrats on a new contract as well, a two year contract extension with the Tampa Bay Lightning. What does it uh, mean to you to have signed the, another two year deal with Tampa Bay to stay in the organization? Yeah, no, it's honestly awesome. You know, I, I was super excited just, you know, to first of all, be a part of that cup run and, you know, then let alone to, you know, produce and, you know, help the team win was awesome. And, you know, I, I might be being biased, but I'm sure you could, you know, back me up with, I, I can, I, I, to me, I think Tampa is the best place to play in the NHL. You know, you can't beat, you know, the weather, the rank, you know, the city, the fans, it's, I think they honestly call Tampa Bay for, you know, for no reason. So uh, I was just, you know, honored, you know, to, you know, sign that to your extension. And, you know, like I mentioned before, just super excited to get back down there and, you know, get to work with those guys. There's, there's so many great guys in that locker room who, you know, I love to, you know, just work with and see how they carry themselves. So uh, just, it's awesome to be such a part of such a great organization. Yeah. You were a part of that Stanley cup this past year. It's back to back cups, of course, for the Tampa Bay lightning heading into uh, this upcoming season uh, for you how would you put into words what it meant to to win the cup last year it's only a couple of months ago now but uh, yeah. uh have, has, has it sunk in yet like what is it what does it mean to you yeah no it, it honestly means everything it uh i would say it has sunk in i think 
you know, just looking back at where I've come from and, you know, how much work and effort it took to, you know, get to that point. And, you know, I go back to, you know, my time in the USHL to Vermont, to Syracuse, like, you know, it was such a long, hard journey, but, you know, I just, you know, give credit to, you know, my family, my friends, my, you know, coaches, my teammates who, you know, believed in me and, you know, helped me and pushed me to get there that, you know, it's kind of has, you know, come full circle that, you know, I feel like a all those 6am skates that I had and, you know, my parents drive me, you know, all over creation and all, you know, whatnot, uh, you know, I feel like it finally paid off and, you know, to be able to celebrate and share that with, you know, my teammates and coaches, obviously, but, you know, for my friends and family to also be able to, you know, be a part of that was just such an unbelievable feeling that, you know, I can't thank, you know, everyone enough who, you know, believed in me and supported in me. So it, it, it hasn't sunk in, but, you know, once I get back down there, I'm sure, you know, a lot of memories will, you know, come back real fast. Yeah. And, and you had a, a significant memory uh, for sure, which uh, came in game five. You, you win the cup in game five, one nothing win for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and you score the only goal of that game. You become the seventh uh, rookie in NHL history to, and the first since another former crunch player, Mike Rupp, scored uh, the cup clincher as a rookie in 2003. Uh, what what does that little stat, uh, only the seventh rookie ever to score the cup clincher, what does that mean? Yeah, no, it, it means a lot. I know I, I said this before, but, you know, I just give credit to, you know, Coach Cooper, who, you know, believed in me to, you know, play me every game and, you know, put me out there in certain, certain situations. So you know, I give a lot of credit to him. But, you know, at the same time, you know, that play wouldn't happen with, you know, those five other guys on the ice. And, you know, I just, you know, you go back through the play, you know, Stammer does a great job on the wall. Then McDonough does an unbelievable job walking, the, you know, the blue line to draw those two wingers down to Savard, who, you know, I said, it's funny too, you know, me and him connected on the goal and we were the only two guys who, you know, weren't a part of it the year before. So I thought that was, you know, pretty cool. And then, you know, he kind of did all the work and kind of gift wrapped it for me right on the back door there. And I kind of just had to tap it in. So uh, it was just, it was awesome to, you know, be able to, you know, score that goal. And, you know, uh, that the last, I guess it was period and a half felt like a lifetime. I'm not going to lie sitting there on that bench. I don't know if I was sweating from going on the ice or just sweating because I was so nervous. But, uh, you know, I'm glad uh, one nothing lead held on. I would have loved, you know, an insurance goal from somebody else. But, you know, it, uh, now that it's all said and done, it was just, you know, awesome to, you know, put that one in. Well, it helps you have Vassie back there, the best goalie in the, in yes. the world for sure. <laughs> well, like you mentioned that the last period and half felt like forever. What do you remember from the, that night, whether, you know, through the course of the game and then you know, the celebrations after? What do you remember from the rest of that night? I, I remember scoring the goal. Yeah, no, I remember scoring the goal. And then I think we were only out there for a little bit. I had to get off the ice because I couldn't catch my breath because I was just so worked up. And I remember, you know, the intermission just being like, okay, let's like, like 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And then, you know, that first nine minutes or so, then there was a TV timeout, you know, Coop, Coop called us in and said, you know, let's keep playing our game type of thing. And I'm like, holy crap, we still have like 11 more minutes left. Like that was the longest, you know, nine minutes of my life. Like, you know, it's going to take forever. Like why is the clock moving so slow? And then, you know, once it hit zero, just selling, selling with the boys was awesome. And then I remember, you know, my mom was, uh, you know, sick and wasn't able to be there. So I remember FaceTiming her from the ice and she was crying. And then my brother and my dad were, you know, fortunate enough to be there. Just, you know, I have a really cool picture that we got framed up on my wall. It's, you know, me pouring, you know, champagne in my brother's face. And just like looking back on, you know, the pictures and moments to you know, be able to share with all them uh, was just awesome to, you know, for them to be in the locker room with all the guys you know, and then, you know, luckily my mom felt better and was able to come down, you know, a couple of days later for the boat parade and whatnot. But, 
you know, that whole week just went by so fast and I wish I could have, you know, slowed down and, you know, taken a minute to soak it all in, but, you know, you get so caught up in the moment and then, you know, the alcohol takes over, but, you know, it was, it was still, you know, you know, unbelievable time. And, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. The, the bro parade obviously is, is such a unique experience. It's back to back years that that's happened now, but first time you got to be a part of it. What, what was that like to be out there on the boat celebrating like that? Yeah, no, it was crazy. It was, you know, I look at videos and pictures and, you know, you can't believe actually how many people were there until you, you know, you look back on it, but you know, our boat was awesome. You know, we had a great captain and, you know, uh, we, uh, had a good boat. I think it was like me, uh, Calfa, Ratty, um, Chris Gibson and Freddie Clayson were on there. So, you know, a couple of good Syracuse guys who, you know, you know, worked hard to get there too. And, you know, be able to share that moment with them and my family was just, you know, awesome. And, you know, we were laughing. I think Thunderstruck was played about 50 times, you know, on our boat, just the, you know, every time we got close to the crowd to, you know, fire everyone up. And, you know, my mom was getting so mad at us because we were just, you know, spraying drinks all over everyone. And, you know, she was like, oh my God, you're going to fall off. And it was like, mom, relax, we're fine. But, you know, it's just her being, you know, a caring mom. But, you know, it was funny and it was just to look back on it was just really so awesome. You know, I, that's, that's what it's all about right there is, you know, you work so hard to win, but, you know, be able to, you know, share that with the fans who, you know, weren't able to, you know, be most of the games for regular season. Just there's another thing that just, it comes full circle to be able to share it. Well, for the folks in Syracuse, obviously, I mean, it's, it's pretty neat. You, you started the season here last year with the crunch you only played a couple of games before getting called up and you stayed there the rest of the year uh with the lightning but uh you know just looking back on the year as a whole where you know you start here in the ahl with the crunch uh you earn your opportunity and then you, you you score in your nhl debut and you're you're pretty much in the lineup the rest of the year what how would you characterize what you went through last year yeah no it was it was definitely tough i'm not gonna lie i think it goes back even a little further to I remember the year before that when our season got canceled and, you know, I felt like, you know, I was playing really well as, you know, as well as a bunch of other guys on the crunch who I felt like we're all ready to, you know, get some NHL games. And then, you know, our season unfortunately gets canceled. And then, you know, we, we were kind of in there that dull period of, we didn't know what to do and we didn't know how much time off we were going to get. And then, you know, uh, I was, I remember sitting at home watching the, you know, the cut, the lightning win the cup the year before and just, you know, super excited for them and the organization, obviously, but, you know, in the same breath, I was a little you know disappointed that I wasn't able to be a part of that. Cause you know, obviously, you know, selfishly I wanted to be. So I think I just used that as motivation and, I think I had like nine or what, 10 months, whatever that off period was to, you know, better myself, better, you know, get better physically and mentally just to go into camp with the, you know, the right mindset or whatnot. And I remember going down to camp and, you know, feeling super ready. I felt like I did what I needed to do to, you know, make that team. And unfortunately, you know, they said, you know, we're going to send you down. You're not ready yet. And I was, I still remember I was so mad walking out of that room and just there's another thing I used it as motivation I feel like I went down to Syracuse with the right mindset and you know talking to BG you know he said you're right there just stick with it and you know just be a leader still so I just went down to you know Syracuse with the right mindset and you know you're still playing with unbelievable players down there and uh you know I think I was only down for you know three games and then once I got called up I just went up with you know the mindset of you know get better every day you know feed off these guys and you know kind of just be a sponge and see what they do to be you know professionals and see how they succeed at such a high level and kind of just learn for them is the mindset I had and just try to get better every day and you know like you said was fortunate enough to you know stick in the lineup because I you know found a you know nice role there and 
you know, had good chemistry with, you know, Maddie Joseph, who obviously I played with in Syracuse the year before. And then, you know, Patty Maroon was a great compliment to us as well. So kind of just, uh, it worked out really well. Uh, we'll start to shift a bit towards uh, your time with the crunch now, but uh, you know, in terms of uh, your, your two years here, you spent two, I say two full seasons, obviously the one year got canceled at the end, like you mentioned there, and then the start of this, uh, this past year, but uh, it, you mentioned the mindset coming here this past season with the right mindset and then going up to Tampa with the right mindset. How uh, I'm sure when you get that call up and you step into the locker room for a regular season moment, it could be a little intimidating. How did your time here with the crunch kind of help you prepare for that mindset and for that moment, which, you know, you walked into and, and you kind of blew the doors right open. Yeah, no, I think, you know, my time in Syracuse was huge. And I have said that I said this to BG, I feel like after the game, cause he was, he was down in Tampa was like, I wouldn't have been in that position without him and or without the crunch in general. Like I feel like the lightning organization just does a, such a great job of like, they develop their players, but they develop them the right way. Like it, there's not a rush to get to the NHL. Like why rush? And you know, okay, you got your 10 games and, but you didn't do anything. It's like, I think they do a great job of, you know, you do your time in Syracuse, you put in the work, but when your number is called, you're ready to step in and make a, you're going to make an impact either way. You know, you're not just up for, Oh, I'm going to get a couple of games in, but then I'm done. You know, it's uh, you're, when you're, your number's called, you're ready to stay. And, you know, so that's why I think when my number was called, I just felt like, you know, mentally, physically, you know, I was just, I was ready to go. I felt like I did my time and, you know, I give so much credit to that to my teammates in Syracuse, the coaches in Syracuse and, you know, the city of Syracuse as a whole who, you know, took me in and, you know, took all of us in and, you know, made us feel at home there and made us feel, you know, comfortable and confident and, you know, loved, loved our time there. And so I, that's just that, you know, correlation of, I think, you know, you do, you do your time in Syracuse and then once your numbers is called, you know, you're going to ready to go and you're ready to stay. Yeah. How important is it as a player to kind of know that, like, you know, th- there's a plan for me. Uh, I'm going to go to work. I'm, I'm going to get better while I'm here, but the, there's no rush. Like you said, it, to, I'm going to be ready when I'm ready. And, and when I'm ready, I'll get that opportunity to have that, uh, c- kind of know that as a player, how important is that uh, to kind of get through maybe some of the days where you're not feeling as, I, I don't know, maybe it's not going your way the one day or whatever it might be, but just to get through those moments, knowing that in the back of your mind. Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. There's obviously, you know, those days where you're a little down, but the one thing that I think is just pretty cool is like you, you look at the lightning, I think they always release it on Twitter or whatnot, but you look at all the players that have played in Syracuse. It's, little, it's literally the entire lightning roster. And obviously some guys, you know, were there for, you know, a cup of coffee, but other guys, you know, look at like, you know, Yanni Gord or, you know, Matthew Joseph or, you know, other guys who, you know, did their time. They played a couple seasons, developed, and then once their numbers called, look at them now. They're you know they're two time Stanley Cup champions. Like you know, it's just you you put in the effort, you put in the work. They obviously know what they're doing. You know, in Syracuse, and you know they have so many other talented players that you know you're playing there. They're making you better. You're making them better. You know, it's it's like it's a culture. And I think you know you look up and down in both organizations. They they know what it takes to win. So uh, you know, obviously there were days where it was tough, but I think when we just took a step back and said you know, you know, the time's going to come. You just got to stick with it. Be patient. You know, uh, you know, our time is going to come. It's just, it's not a matter of, you know, if it's just a matter of when I'm always, I'm curious about that. It is something that obviously with the crunch, we're very proud of the, uh, the, the players who've come through here. And I, I want to say, I'm trying, oh, going off the top of my head. I think it's 66 players now have gone through during this uh, affiliation, which enters its 10th year. So we're obviously very proud of it. You as players are kind of aware of that as well, I, I guess. Oh yeah. hundred, hundred percent. You know, you look back to, you know, I said, I mentioned a couple like Johnny Pally, 
you know, I even think Cooch and Vazzy played a little bit there. So it's like, you know, you do, you go down the list, like everybody, everyone has done their time there. So, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing when you're sent there. It's obviously, you know, the second best league in the world and, you know, everyone gets developed there. You know, you develop at your own rate, you know, you develop at your own pace. And, you know, obviously they have such great coaches there and who BG, who just for me personally did so much for, you know, me to get to that next level. So, uh, I, I never would say it's discouraging, you know, to get sent there because you know, do your time and your time is going to come. Uh, I, there's been so many stories written about you over the last year since, uh, you know, you earned that spot in Tampa Bay and, and became the, like we said, kind of the story in the NHL at the end of the year there. Uh, and a lot of the times in those stories, you do mention BG, you've talked about Ben Grew as well here just today alone. What what, what about him uh, pushed you to where maybe there was a spot you didn't think you can go? What What is it about the style he brings that uh, brought the best out of you? Uh, yeah, no, I, I just with BG and, you know, I'm just going to speak for myself. I know everyone's different, but like, I like a coach that, you know, is going to get on me. He's not going to baby me. You know, if I'm doing something wrong, I want him to tell me. And I think with BG, I think he just saw that I had, you know, potential and, you know, wanted to push me to, you know, the best of my abilities. And I think he did that with other players. I can't speak for them, but I look at it like Taylor Raj, Boris Kachuk, Cal Foot, just guys in, you know, our uh, draft class who, you know, he, there were days where, you know, we were on the ice, you know, staying out there extra for, you know, an hour skating or, you know, we were in the weight room at three o'clock when everyone else was, you know, off the ice. Like just he, there were days where our first year where we were, it was miserable. I'm not gonna lie, but look, Looking back on it now, it was definitely worth it. So he he definitely pushed us, and but he pushed us, you know, because he knew that we could take it. And he, to me, that, you know, takes a special coach to, you know, see that, um, you know, in players. And, you know, he, he's not going to, you know, be soft on you or baby you. He's going to tell you how it is. And that's just, you know, if he's not if he's not yelling at you or getting on you, I think it just means that he doesn't care. So, you know, you see that with BG, that he definitely cares. He wants to win. He obviously know what it takes to win. So... Uh, you know, I just give to me, he's probably up there on my, you know, favorite coaches list too. And I just give so much credit to, you know, him because uh, I, like I said before, I wouldn't have, you know, been in that situation, you know, if it were not for him. So, no, shout out to BJ. He's the man. <laughs> he sure is. And, and we love we love talking with him basically every morning uh, during the course of the season. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, that first year was could be miserable at times. There were stretches where you, you were kind of in and out of the lineup, especially early in the season. Uh, but I, I would say over the course of your time here, maybe no one developed as much as you did uh, over the course of your couple of seasons. That first year, though, you know, what, what was it like when you, you break into pro hockey and, and you got to fight? your way obviously it was a very good team that year uh so there was no shame in not being in the lineup every day it was such a good team but what was the challenge uh, of joining a team like that where you know you gotta you gotta earn your spot and, and find your way yeah no it was uh it was definitely tough and i think you know the tough thing for me personally was like you know you go from college i think we played like 28 games that year to you know you're playing like what's an what's an ahl season like 72 games yeah, 76 like you're, yep. you're double yeah you're doubling your games played and some so it's like that was a little tough and then like you said you, you're trying to crack a lineup of you know a bunch of guys who were formal nhlers and then a bunch of young guys who are going to be longtime nhlers so it was definitely you know not the easiest thing to do but you know we had a we had a great group of guys we had a great group of you know veteran leaders and you know doomy and andy and qb you know just so many you know i lived with carter like living with those guys you know they take you under your wing and you know connie was down at that point i think and just so many like we had so much that might have been the most fun of hockey i ever had that first year like we we still talk all the time in our group chats and laugh you know we play video games together um 
you know, so I think it also helped that, you know, away from the rink, we had such great leaders who made us feel comfortable because we were, we did have a, you know, a bigger class of younger players who were in and out of the lineup and, you know, just, you know, talking with them and them making us feel comfortable and, you know, confident right away, you know, definitely helped us uh, with our development as well. So, you know, give credit to, you know, a lot of those older guys who uh, made it easy for us, I think. Yeah, it was a real good team. Like you said, all those names and then some uh, crunch ended up yeah. winning the division that year, uh, lose to Cleveland in the first round but boy that was that was a fun team you mentioned Carter Verhage though we uh, we had him on the show here recently as well it, you, you live with him he had such a dominant year that year you know he had 82 points led the league how valuable in a season like that when you're a rookie you're still trying to find your way Carter's a guy who had kind of gone through some of the same ups and downs early in his career who's up in the uh, in the AHL and the ECHL a bit living with with Carter that year how valuable was that for you that year and then you know obviously moving forward well, I'm sure he told you like he had that such great year because he lived with me, right? <laughs> oh, yes, that of course. That? That was <laughs> you took yeah. the words right out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, it was huge because, you know, you saw he, like I said before, he, like how he carried himself. He he knew what it took to, you know, get better. And it's not like he just, you know, all that was just, uh, you know, great ability. He he was working hard in the gym. He was staying at, doing extra work and, you know, little things like that. And, you know, it's just cool to see a guy like that who, you know, like you said, he started in the East Coast League. He battled in the American League. And then you, know, you just get your your shot at the you know, right time. And, you know, he made the most of it on that uh, great, you know, obviously crunch team that we had. And then he gets called up. He does great with the Lightning. And then, he puts the lightning in a tough spot of, you know, they, they weren't able to resign him. And then he goes and, you know, succeeds with Florida. So that's just a great story of someone who, you know, never gave up. He probably, you know, was never, uh, you know, given a shot right away, but you know, you do your time in Syracuse like that. And then, you know, you play with great players cause there's so many of them, you know, in this organization. Um, and then you, you know, create your own opportunities. So, uh, you know, super proud of him was just, uh, you know, great to, you know, live with him and, you know, joke around with him still to, uh, this day it was kind of, you know, weird playing against him this year, but you know, he's such a great guy and, you know, great teammate. And, you know, I'm just super happy for him. Well, the running joke in the last couple of years was you, you lived with Carter. He made it to the NHL, right. The next year, uh, you had Cal, then he made it to the NHL. We were waiting to yeah. see who it might have been uh, this past year, but then you got called up, and that was yeah. that. <laughs> well, so when you you know you look back at your couple years here, you, you're rookie your first year, your second year, what was it? Halfway through the year, maybe a month or two into the season, you you take another step in terms of being a leader on this team. You get an A, an assistant captain with a crunch. Uh, what did that mean to you, and and how do you think that furthered your development as well? Yeah, no, that was, that's still to this day, probably one of my uh, biggest accomplishments that I'm, you know, most proud of. I just, you know, cause I think, you know, like I said uh, earlier, I think that was just, you know, my teammates and BG, you know, believing in me and uh, you know, there's times where obviously I'm, you know, vocal and, you know, whatnot, but at the same time, I think that, you know, he saw that, you know, I'm probably not been the loudest guy in the room, but kind of just tried to, you know, lead with my actions and, um, you know, whether it was practice or a game, I kind of just tried to give, you know, hundred percent and do whatever I, you know, need to do to help the team or, you know, you know, uh, you know, get the two points at the end of the night. So, uh, that was, that was, you know, such an honor for me. And, uh, I think it even just gave me a little bit more confidence that, you know, my teammates believed in me, the coaches believed in me, you know, like this is, you know, where I want to be and this is where I'm supposed to be. So, uh, you know, wearing that was, you know, just so awesome for me. And, you know, I, you know, thank my teammates and coaches enough, you know, just for believing me and, you know, putting that on my Jersey and, uh, you know, representing the crunch is just, you know, just such an unbelievable, you know, honor. So, uh, you know, just special for me and, you know, my family to, uh, you know, wear that a. 
Ross Colton, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. Ross, when you look back at your time with the Crunch, you know what what sticks out to you? What what do you remember the most from your two plus years here? Oh, that's tough. You know, there's so many there's so many different things I could say. I think the one thing that sticks out to me is just the friendships and the bonds that we made. Um, you know, you, there's it's just uh, there's so many character guys and so many great just teammates. Like there's not a, there's not a guy on the team where it's like, ah, you know, I'm not really friends with him or I'm not too close with him. Like, and I I don't want to say I saw it on an interview or like someone was talking about it, but you know, I give like guys like Daniel Walcott and Luke Wachowski, like they say it starts from the top and those years pass down of just, you know, they, they make the young guys feel comfortable and a part of the team. And, you know, that just builds to the culture of winning. And, you know, so I, I can't give enough credit to, you know, Wally, like he just does so much for the organization and the community and the city of Syracuse. Like he, he's such a, like, I don't even know what to say. Like just seeing him playing that game this year was such an incredible moment. And to be on the ice with him for that was just amazing. And, you know, I'm so proud of him and his family and just to see how far he's come even from, you know, wasn't he, I think he was playing like D one club at Linden one to then he's playing an NHL game. And just, there's a guy who the ultimate, you know, team guy who, you know, comes to the rink every day and puts a smile on your face, even if you're, you know, not, you know, feeling a hundred percent. So, you know, just guys like him and, you know, then the friendships I've built with, you know, guys like Raddy and Cal and Bo. And I mean, I can go down the list. Obviously I don't want to leave anyone out, but that's the one thing that, you know, it sticks with me the most from my tears in Syracuse is definitely the bonds that I've built with, you know, different guys on the team and, you know, the memories that I'll have that, you know, we still joke about that. I think I texted you about before. I don't think I can mention them on the show because I don't know how appropriate they'd be, but they are, they are really funny. Yeah. So, always, maybe for another time. Yeah, for sure. It's, a, it's <laughs> certainly always a fun group. Uh, your couple of years yeah. here and, and you talking about Daniel Walcott, who has been a staple in this organization for a number of years. And, and it is something that Tampa Bay has always really, you know, they always look for good people in the organization above everything mm-hmm. else, finding people who are good people and keeping them around. And that's, that's kind of why Daniel Walcott has been around for so long. And you mentioned that opportunity gotten in uh, with the lightning this past year to get in the game there you, you touched on it a bit but what do you think that means to to the folks in Syracuse who've seen him over the years working here and uh and and to you guys as players to see him what he has meant in Syracuse to then get that opportunity with the lightning this past year yeah no it's it's such an incredible you know moment you know especially not only for you know Danny and like his family and whatnot but even just for the organization as a whole and uh just to see the amount of work that he put in and the one thing that I loved about Wally is that like, he, he doesn't change like who he is or where he is. Like he was the same player in Syracuse. And even when he was hurt, you know, my, I think that was my first year, he came to the rink with a smile. He would come in the locker room and do the pregame speeches and get everyone fired up, you know, and then he comes back the next year and he's the same exact person. And, you know, he can, you know, goof around a bit and he knows how to lighten the mood, but you know, when it comes game time, like, you know, there's a guy that, you know, I want to play with cause he'll go to battle, you know, for everyone on the team. And then to see him, you know, he gets called up to the lightning this year, you know, to the taxi squad and whatnot, but, he still doesn't change when he's up with the lightning, you know, he was doing the, he did a couple of the pregame speeches. He's firing up guys on the team. You know, he's lightning the mood, uh, when he needs to, but then, you know, when he comes to game time, you know, when he plays in that game, you know, I think he had like eight or nine hits and he got into a fight. Like he, he just is the ultimate competitor. And, but at the same time, he's the best teammate, you know, that you could have. So, 
like I said before, just unbelievably proud of him. And it's just such an amazing, you know, accomplishment. Yeah. We've been so fortunate to have him here with the crunch for, for a long time now and looking forward to it again, this upcoming season, uh, Ross, we, uh, we always hear, you know, players and coaches, uh, you talked about it during your time here, what it's like to play uh, here in this building at upstate medical university arena in front of these fans. Uh, how would you describe, you know, the feeling of playing in, 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 it's an old barn, obviously, but it's a great atmosphere. What was it like to play in Syracuse in front of the fans here? There's nothing better than, you know, Friday night in Cuse or Saturday night in front of a sold out crowd wearing those orange jerseys. You know, you just it, like you said, it's not the biggest rank, but, you know, to me, those are the best ones because it feels like it's more crowded than it is. And, you know, the, the fans are loud, you know, they're cheering us on. And, you know, that's who that's who you want to go out there and battle for, you know, them and your teammates. So uh, I loved I loved my time there, you know, super thankful for it. And, you know, like I said before, wouldn't be where I am today without, you know, my time in Syracuse and you know, give credit to teammates, coaches, the fans and everyone who made that time, you know, so special and memorable. So uh, it was like it was awesome to play in Syracuse. I'll, I'll definitely miss it. Yeah. What was it like living in the city, too? I mean, uh, you, you dealt through the worst of the winters. Now you don't have winter anymore. But what was uh, what was it like <laughs> living up here for a couple of years uh, experiencing, you know, the city and, and, uh, and the life here? Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. You know, the only thing that I'll say that I didn't love is like you said, the winters with the, the snow and every day and the cold. And luckily my, my uh, building and I lived in my second year had a parking garage. So I wasn't uh, out there shoveling, but I still remember you, you to this day. That, you got a little smarter. Yeah, year two. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's what I said. I said, I'll pay a little more to get that. Cause me and Carter, our first year would have to get ready for the games. Like, you know, 30 minutes earlier. Cause our, our car was underneath a pile of snow and we're out there in our suits you know shuffling the car off uh so uh you know it, it was fun you know we would you know head over to the casino or to the movie theater or to the mall just you know power around and you know hang out with the boys and you know uh, it's such a great city and then even the nightlife is you know super fun because the you know university is right there so definitely loved my time in Syracuse yeah all right Ross uh, we'll we'll end with this uh, just any final thoughts uh any what, words of wisdom or whatnot for uh, for the folks in Syracuse or about your your two years uh with the crunch uh, oh, that's tough. You're putting me on the spot. Uh, no, just, you know, love the, love the city of Syracuse. You know, like I said before, super thankful, you know, for my time there. And I guess my words of wisdom, I guess, just for, you know, future players is what we meant. We, what we touched on before is just, you know, when your time comes, you know, be ready, but, you know, uh, you know, cherish your time in Syracuse, make the most of it. Might not be the easiest, you know, in the moment, but, you know, keep working and it'll get easier. And, you know, uh, when that, when they uh, give you that call, just, you know, make the most of uh, every opportunity you're given. Uh, Ross, we uh, certainly appreciate the time here today. Thanks for doing this. Uh, good luck. Uh, enjoy, I guess, your last week or two of summer and uh, good luck this upcoming season uh, with the lightning. Awesome, Lucas. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, we thank Ross Colton once again for his time here on uh, episode five of Crunch Chronicles here this week. Uh, a great guy once again to get caught up with. We, we chatted with him a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, he was still in New Jersey uh, when we had the opportunity to talk with him now down in Tampa Bay and and in the midst of training camps as training camps are rolling and and uh, Crunch training camp gets underway this week, first week of October. So, uh, you know, he's up in Tampa Bay, but the roster for the crunch will start taking shape as well. But a great conversation with Ross Colton. We certainly appreciate him giving us some time. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with him as well, talking about his relationship with guys like Carter Verhage, some of the veteran leaders on this team. Uh, his clearly pretty special at this point relationship 
with Syracuse Crunch head coach Ben Grew as well. Ben obviously playing a, a pretty big role in the development of Ross Colton and and we know how much Ben Grew has had a hand in things in terms of the development for these players heading up to Tampa Bay over the years. But I think, uh, you know, it might not be easy at the time when you're a player uh, playing under Ben Grew with some of the, the demands he has on players and whatnot. But I, I think, you know, when you get through that, he's pushing you to become a better player. That's what you heard Ross talk about. And uh, he is in a place where he is now in large part because of some of what uh, Ben Grew taught him and, and how much Ben Grew pushed him over the years. So thanks again to Ross Colton for joining us. We wish him well uh, in this upcoming season. Hope for continued success with the Tampa Bay Lightning. That was episode five of Crunch Chronicles. The first four episodes are available wherever you're listening to this show today. We hope you have had an opportunity to go back and listen to those already. If you haven't, you can certainly listen to them now or at your leisure. Episode one was Pat Maroon. Episode two, JT Brown. Episode three, Carter Verhage, and our most recent episode before this one was Eddie Pasquale. So uh, a wide range of guests so far on the show, and you can go back and listen to them at any point. We hope you've enjoyed them so far. We certainly appreciate any feedback ratings and reviews wherever you're listening to the show and uh, let us know what we're doing well what you think we can do better uh, for this show moving forward and we certainly appreciate all the feedback we receive Uh, we got a great story uh, from uh, one of our listeners Edward Burns sent it a story with uh, a little relationship that he in a way formed with JT Brown over the years. Uh, Ted said, well, first of all, like JT, he met his wife at a crunch game uh, like JT did while he was in Syracuse. Uh, Ted met his wife at a game against the Chicago Wolves back in 2005. So that's always wonderful to hear that uh, the crunch, you know, we've been here for a long time and uh, helping people, you know, meet People who have like interests, whether it's the crunch or it's just a fun night out and, and you meet someone who uh, either become friends with as crunch fans or maybe it turns into something a little bit more. And obviously for uh, Ted, it, it, it did. And he met his wife. And that is wonderful to hear. And then the follow up to that story. And uh, he said us a, a post he wrote about it, in fact, and we will link that in the show notes to this episode. So uh, if you are if you want to read the full story, I'll give you the, the spark notes here in a moment. But if you want to read it, you can uh, click the link in our show notes and, and get the whole story uh, on uh, what he shared with us. And uh, he said he and his family were going to a game in Carolina. The Lightning were in town against the Hurricanes. And, uh, you know, obviously he was a, a Lightning fan because of the relationship and the affiliation between Tampa Bay and Syracuse. And so uh, the family for a while was trying to push him to to, uh, to get a puppy, get a dog for the family. And he was a little hesitant about uh, doing that. Decided, you know what? Here's an opportunity. Let's, uh, let's, if a player scores a goal in this game for the Lightning, we'll get a dog. And he decided to choose JT Brown for uh, for that player who had to score the goal. The family had the sign there pregame. JT saw it. And uh, lo and behold, during the game, JT Brown scores a goal. And they've got a, a dog. Uh, it's it's a wonderful story. There's uh, some uh, great interaction and great uh, little tidbits in between all of that. The full story, like we said, will be in the show notes. But uh, we love that story, Edward. And uh, we are very pleased that you shared that with us. And, and if anyone else has any other stories 
from our first couple of guests. Again, Pat Maroon, JT Brown, Carter Verhage, Eddie Pasquale, and now Ross Colton. We'd love to hear them and share them on uh, upcoming shows as well. But thanks for that, Edward. And uh, we hope uh, you and the family are, are doing well uh, back home. That'll do it for us on this week's episode of Crunch Chronicles. Thanks again for uh, the listen, the the subscription, the rating, the review, whatever it might be. Thanks so much for doing that. And uh, we will be back next week as, uh, boy, next week. If you're listening to this, uh, the week it comes out next week is the first Crunch regular season game of the year. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? We'll be back, though, next week with another episode. Uh, Another great guest lined up as we continue to roll down memory lane with some of these great uh, Crunch alumni. We think you'll enjoy next week's episode as well. That's coming up next week on another episode of Crunch Chronicles.